you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. It's the footballiest time of the year. With quarterbacks throwing and tailgaters ready for some brats and beer. It's the footballiest time of the year. It's the pig, pig skinniest season. That's enough. Let's keep it. Let's keep it. Hi and hello and happy holidays. Whoa. What? Merry Christmas. I almost forgot. I almost yeah. uh, violated the law. Oh. Hey, uh, welcome to the Uh-oh. Dave Damashek football program. Hope it's been a festive holiday season for you here in Studio 66. It certainly has been. We have much to get to here. And in just two days, well, it's Tuesday at the time of this mm-hmm. recording, whenever you're listening, Thursday the 28th, is that the right date? Thursday the 28th, it is the Shecky Awards. Oh, yes. Right. Yeah, you hear all the about the Grammy Awards will tell you about music and uh, the Academy Awards will talk to you about the movies that were released. The Shecky Awards cover all the rest of it. Fruit of the year, best alphabet letter, worst alphabet letter. It's the only award show you need. Yeah, best residual cereal milk, all the stuff, uh, the important issues that you need covered for you. So make sure you're ready. Better go ahead and just subscribe now so that you don't end up you don't want egg on your face you don't want to be embarrassed on the 29th like whoa can you believe what won uh, the best movie that dave saw in 2017 like oh did it oh everybody's gonna be talking about it yeah you'll be right out of the the face at the new year's eve party all right let's say hello to best christmas movie best christmas movie i love it you're already in the q a mode that's uh, i watched home alone yesterday and there's Uh, colleen wolf not a big fan of home alone (laughs) Uh, Scrooge is the most underrated. It's Scrooge unrealistic. With Bill Murray. It's very un- good. It's un- no, a Bartlett behind the glass is getting in my ear with the nonsense of that. Everybody loves to talk about Christmas Vacation. That's my favorite movie. Really? But that's like it's more of a nostalgic thing because I, I watched overrated. it all the time when I was little. Overrated. Yeah, that's what I said. I never. I never. Uh... I've never seen that movie. So. You've never seen Christmas it's Vacation? Fine. Just watch the original Vacation. Go that's hey Griswold. Done. Where are you going to put a tree that big? <laughs> Bend over and I'll show you. That's like one of the best lines. It's fine. It's not. It, it's not a bad movie. It's just not great. Oh. I went over my head. You know what might be the best? Talk about the actual most underrated. The Ref is a very. Uh, it's a great script. It's, really? uh, it's Yeah. It's Kevin Spacey and uh, Dennis mm, nope. Leary. Out on Spacey. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I can't <laughs> watch that anymore. Yeah. Right. Right. Sorry. Uh, take taken back. Take it back. Way to go, Shaq. Um. All right. So Die Hard is the best Christmas movie ever. I, I, this debate that that uh, that goes each and every year now about whether or not that Christmas it I, came out around Christmas, didn't it? No, it came. That's the the knock against Die Hard being a Christmas around. movie yeah. is that it came out in summertime. 
On That's Sunday, why. Steve Smith said Gremlins, and Michael Robinson said The Matrix. Like, nobody's talking about Christmas movies here. Wait, 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 wait. The Matrix has nothing to do with Christmas. But I guess he said he always watches it at Christmas, so that's a Christmas that's, movie. That's <laughs> because he, he has, he has <laughs> fast and loose with I can see the Gremlins, because it's like a little Christmas holiday thing, and they start going crazy. They're dancing on the bar. Wow, well, that's, that's the slippery slope you can fall into. If So if Christmas is invoked in the movie, it's a Christmas movie? Yeah. I guess it can. Anything, anytime they ever reference Christmas time. Yeah, if it's snowing outside, there's a Christmas tree. I mean, listen, I, I, there's I a, a lot of Christmas party. music yeah. in Die Hard, and you can make yes. a case. They're of at a what Christmas party. Makes you appreciate, right? It's a Christmas party. I, I listen. I agree True. with all that. I think it's an overdone debate. As a matter of fact, I think clearly it is. Except, like I say, it did come out in summer. That. Well, they, they had to film it during Christmas, so then they had to do all the production, and it comes out in oh. summertime. You know, I don't know if you are aware of this, Maurice, that uh, Hollywood can uh, can put up little uh, it's ornaments and stuff, even if it's May. No. They could they, do it. They could do so you. many things. Make it, I don't believe make you. Make you think it's wintertime. I don't believe you. All right. Let's talk about the game of pro football, sure, shall we? And the game of life we have coming up with us. Speaking of which, one of the great uh, documentarians of our time from NFL Films, it's Keith Cosro, now the host of the NFL Films podcast available on iTunes and NFL.com slash podcast. Make sure you go check that one out. It's uh, great stuff. i got to uh, add Cos- that to the rotation. Cosro's our pal, and uh, he talks. Uh, he goes deep on all the documentaries they make, and I think people are interested in that kind of stuff these days because – so many people make their own little documentaries yep. about their lives and stuff. I think people are now intrigued by how do you do it and what goes into making that. And uh, so, anywho, go and check this one out. He's got a good one coming up this week about uh, the Ice Bowl and the documentary oh, that airs that's on NFL awesome. Network on Friday night on Timeline. I didn't say proper hellos to us, to them. Let's say proper hellos, first of all, to Philadelphia's own. The uh, the host of game of Good Morning. You can do it. You can do it. No, I can't. I just <laughs> do it already. It's Good Morning Football, the weekend edition. Uh huh. What else are you on? Game day morning. Okay, so it's two Power shows. Rankings. Power ranking. Okay. This show. This show and, and around you- the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, that's the biggest. One. That's her favorite one. That is. That's you guys have so much heat like going on between everybody in the podcast well, system. It is here. what it is. That's how we get down. It's that's very competitive. Can I tell you? All right, I'm Switzerland. Uh, here. here she no. is. She holds the number one seed, and it's not even uh, week se- seventeen yet. Her Philadelphia Eagles, at least, uh, on the right arm of Nick Foles. What a dream! Here she is, everybody. It's Colleen Nick. Wolf. Hello. That's it. That's all we have. Wow, time that was for. really. And quick then today. also, okay. you hear his voice. You don't there. even need to play my music, though. Don't you? Don't even don't want you it do today. It? No, I want the music right now. No, you just want to guess because my my Jags lost to the Niners. Well, Maurice, you and I were both. I almost picked that you, game too. In fact, can I tell you something? I was nervous, but I didn't think it was going to be like that, though. You no, I oh, I, I'm not trying to call you out, but you yeah. said that Jimmy G had yet to face a legit defense, and, and he, he was going to get his comeuppance. Instead, he yeah. looked pretty good. Well, I'm gonna tell you this is this is I have, so I have a bunch of boys that are Niners fans, and, and so we we go back and forth in the chat, and and that's kind of what I was telling them. But I was nervous because guess who played for a whole year against that defense? The exact same defense. Kyle Shanahan, right? Because he was in Atlanta. Ah, same Gus Bradley style. Yeah. Interesting. Then he brings over the linebacker coach from Jacksonville. And guess what? All this year he's been practicing against that defense. And so he knows the ins and outs of it, regardless of who the players are. I mean, they were running some really good plays where they were getting their fullback running on our middle linebacker somehow. Like, they were just finding ways. And, and so, don't get me wrong, Jimmy Garoppolo made some great throws. He looks great. Um, and, you know, 
I, I always tell my boys, like, it's funny. There is no expectation for the Niners right now, so he could do all this stuff if they lose or yeah. whatever. But the, the the biggest issue is they're going to have to pay him a lot of money come this this off season, and then you're going to be again. He's going to have to be able to mask some issues. He's going to have to cover. I, I you know what yeah. we have we have so much to get to and not very much time to do it. Uh, pull back the curtain, you know, no jive here in Studio 66. Maurice and I already talked to Keith Cosro. It's a good 25 minute conversation about uh, this, that, and the other about uh, uh, modern day pro football and uh, and so on. So make sure you check that out. Um, all right, so so my brain has many things it wants to address uh, right now. First thing is with Jimmy G. I had inside information from someone who would definitely know that the Kyle or, Shanahan, okay. her cousin's uh, uh, bromance was very real, that yep. he was going out there. I don't think, and I have now talked to this guy since Jimmy G's, you know, a little streak that he's put together now of, uh, of really playing well. And I said, Kirk Cousins still to San Francisco? And he said, no, it just can't be. They're, they're just not – what are they going to do now? They, they're not going to bring Cousins in on top of Jimmy G. So now that makes Kirk Cousins presumably available unless D.C. locks him up for like $34 million, which would be plum low. Yeah, that's not going to happen. No. Oh, I don't think so. Go to Jimmy Denver. G. You think Denver? But the thing that's intriguing is Blake Bortles looked like what people associate with. Well, he, he, he went backwards. I know. And and they, they actually finally played, you know – Let's remember the Texans have been banged up. They don't have their team, and as, he's played well. I mean, he's played well enough, and so that that's kind of the thing. When he doesn't turn the ball over, they win. Well, guess what he did? Yeah, turn, turn the, ball the ball over. over. So that's that's what happens. Um, All right, but now we're on now we're on the eve of the playoffs, and they are yes. definitely in them, and they're gonna they're gonna rock the rock with them, and then they're gonna you're gonna either figure out if he's if he's a quarterback or not. We all know this in this league. Um, the reason I got paid uh, in Jacksonville was because I performed in the playoffs. The reason Ray Rice got paid, he performed in the playoffs. Everyone, Joe if you, Flacco, Joe, those guys, you get paid because you perform in the playoffs. So if he goes out and he gets on a hot streak, guess what? He'll get paid. All right, let's look at it negatively. Let's say he doesn't play well. Who, well, what, whatever. Let's just decide right now. We don't know what's going to be. Who's the quarterback of the Jags right now? In 2018, is it Cousins? Is it Eli? Is it Blake Bortles? Or I is think, it think, uh, TBD? It, no, I, I think they're – I mean, it could be a rookie. They may go out and try to draft a rookie, move up in the draft. Um, you just don't know. Like, I think they're going to – they have enough money to spend for Kirk Cousins. They have enough money to, to make some big moves. But, they, you know, if they make that if they make that push, they're going to have to draft, like – you're going to have to hit on every draft pick known to mankind. Yeah, and, and I think if, if uh, Blake Bortles goes into the playoffs and plays, like, the old Blake Bortles, like the Blake Bortles that we all can't stand watching, the one that turns over the ball – Tom Coughlin I think is not going to, to allow another year of that. Like no. it, there, there will be someone else. In I okay. I agree with that. I, I think Eli makes a lot of sense. Although Eli Manning in that turquoise and gold helmet is, is well, I, funny I mean, to or, think or about. Or do you but. like if you're going to? I guess, yeah, you bring him in because you have that defense right there and you, you're sort of like this is a window right now that we have. Or do you want to bring someone else in younger and new? Well, does hold it, on, and hold on, and on from, you, from the Giants' perspective, if they let Eli more or less handpick the head coach, then I could see that saying, well, like, right. all right, I, I want to be a Giant for the I rest of my life. I have to go life. back to – let me say this for all these Niner fans that listen. But they might also Jimmy take Garoppolo Sam Darnold. didn't, like – tear the Jaguars. He, he threw for 242 yards and two touchdowns. Like, but he didn't, like, blow them up. You're right. Just remember that. They, you got the ball on your 18. You got the ball, like, from picks and other things. But So, like, it wasn't as if this defense wasn't really that good. I want to say they scored three touchdowns off of short fields or pick six, right? So, the defense still played well. 
I mean, Jimmy played – he played good as – but I just think a lot of people right now, it's just hype, right? And right. so after watching the Raiders, what happened to the Raiders, where last year they didn't have a, a lot of expectation – it was like, oh, it's the Raiders, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, all of a sudden you get this. Absolutely accurate. You're, you're, That's you're, so right. right. Now you're you're creating expectation. Well, it's As like you have one loss since Thanksgiving. Right. The, the Niners do. So you're absolutely you're, right. And, and you've been playing at home against East Coast teams, too. And it's, it's a tough travel. You're just creating expectations. So I just try to tell people, temper it a little bit, but they're fans. They won't. So they're going to be like, we're going to the Super Bowl next year. And I, I've heard people say it. So, hey, guess what? When they don't make it. Well, let's flip it now because the AFC side, I think as we go into the postseason here, there uh, the couple angles are, I, you know, I got a good question. I wish I had the name um, uh, of the person who tweeted uh, apologies to that um, citizen of the Czech Republic for forgetting. The AFC side, I would certainly take the top two seeds over the bottom four. And so that's one angle. Would but then you? the Yeah, I would. I just said I you, would. You you sure? I mean, cause yeah, I'm positive. The last time the Jazz, I didn't say it's definitely. Field. I didn't say it's a the last definite. two, three times the Jazz. You know who else swept field. the wow. AFC North? The Chicago Bears. Wow, <laughs> I that for the, for a weird that's stat. Crazy. It is weird. Um, but okay, fine. That's uh, but but the thing that you can point to with the AFC side is outside of Blake Bortles, he's the outlier because everybody else, I know Alex Smith people have their concerns about, but whatever. He's he's won he's some big championship games. Yeah, he's played big postseason games and performed well in them. You know, obviously Brady, Roethlisberger, uh, presumably Rivers, and uh, I know it's not done yet, but Flacco and Mariota could sneak in there. But anyway, good quarterbacks uh, prim- uh, for, for the most part. The NFC side, the top two seeds, who do you – I mean, the question was, who do you want, the top two seeds or the bottom four? On the NFC side, I'll take the bottom four because of the QBs. And let's go there. I want to get the, the Wolf's opinion on this. Nick Foles, what – St. Nick. You're, you've been pessimistic since October with Carson Wentz. Well, Wentz. since forever, but yeah. I know, but all right. So <laughs> what, what? where are you now? Confidence level. Oh, my God. Divisional round game at home. Do you ma- Confidence level, you get to the championship game. Oh, confidence level after last night, after watching the, the offense in the second quarter have like one yard. I mean, I think they actually had like 37 yards of offense in the second half, basically. Right. I mean – my confidence level is basically at the floor right now. I'm I'm so freaked out by it. This feels though more natural. One to me. ten. It feels like a, a better, more comfortable she said a spot. One. Yeah, I'm at like a, a one, one. Right now. I'm at, at a one floor, after yeah. watching this. Wait a second. So they're the because one seed, which means they get the bottom seed coming out of the wild card, the worst that's, seed. That's the scariest part because it could be Cam Newton. It absolutely it could. It could yeah, be, Panthers or Saints. It could be Saints. It could. Yeah. Be, it could. And I, mean, I think too. Knock on wood, I don't know hopefully if we the talked Rams about make it. A run, but they got a tough. Depending on if it's Seattle or if it's Atlanta, those are those are two tough teams. MJD, I think we talked about it last week on this show that the Giants figured out who to exploit on that secondary. I told you the Rams did it it a long time ago. Last week, it was uh, Ronald Darby that had issues. And then last night, uh, Monday night, it was Jalen Mills. And then he got hurt. But they did the same exact thing. And then they were stacking the box, and they were just daring Nick Foles to beat them with his arm, which that's not going to happen. And And he was so inconsistent. He really really looked. 
that was bad. that was the Nick he Foles really that I remember. Bad. That's they they said something last night like Nick Foles was talking about retiring. He was after playing with the that, like Mike Garofolo talked lo- about he that. He looked like that that Nick Foles in that game like come the second third quarter. It was like third quarter second half of the third quarter. He started like just moping around like oh, and they changed God. the game for as much as Chip Kelly rightly is uh, regarded now as out of his depth in the NFL. That, I mean, how did that happen? That I game, mean, how did Nick Foles have that season he had with Chip? And he had it in that massive game, that, that massive game against the, the Raiders. Raiders in 2013, where he threw seven touchdowns. How? Do, I mean, it's we, I, all right. So he Nick Foles, 27. Alshon Jeffrey, Alshon Jeffrey had shut down the by only Sean catchable Smith. ball he had, and he only had two targets. But don't you Alshon think Jeffrey dropped? We're gonna get in. We we do. Uh, we it was cold we, outside with with the upcoming interview with uh, Cosro here, Maurice. Uh, uh, Keith and I do talk about the frigid temps that could uh, could exist in January um, up in Philly, and that to me is their ace in a hole. Do, do you feel the wolf? No. And then we'll get Maurice's you know why? No, because they couldn't run the ball last night either. And if if it's cold like that, you need to keep the ball, and, and you need Raiders, to be able to run it, Raiders and you need to be able exactly to protect your quarterback. And, and the Raiders and Ravens even. And the, and the Raiders ran the ball at them, and and almost had they had a, over hundred yards rushing on as as a whole. Yeah, I thought Marshawn was going to go over hundred, and that would have been the chance. first one hundred yard rusher that they allowed all season. Well, I, I think the biggest thing when you look at the Philadelphia Worried. is that they their uh, their defense showed up. And it showed up, and uh, and they were opportunistic. It wasn't like they dominated the whole game, but they were able to get turnovers. <laughs> a lot um, of turnovers. And they were able to get, like, I guess what Darby's pick was able to get them field position so they can just dink and dunk it and then get in the field goal and let the guy kick it. But How much do you attribute all those turnovers and the wonky play to the cold? Because that's what I'm getting no, at. nothing. You don't have to like You don't have to like the cold. We can have the – the debate that I've what, always what, talked what, about. It wasn't that, even that throw, cold. Throw a pick like like it had nothing to do. Like the picks were just. It was a bad ball that uh, falls through over Zach Ertz head. He tipped it to Reggie yeah. Nelson. He should have threw a pick six to Reggie Nelson earlier in the, the game. Yeah, he right, but had the QB's fingers aren't cold, and it doesn't make you throw sail I mean, the ball. How, I'm just I, I I don't know. How I, cold I, was it? Was it really it was like that 19, cold? It was like twenty degrees. I mean, but I feel like there the games in Green Bay and Chicago and ain't Buffalo. Nobody, but ain't nobody and going up. You think the Rams want that? You think the Ram? You 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 think no. Drew Brees wants that? No. That's the point. But Drew, Brees don't you see if you that. can do that to them? That the but Drew Brees and them can do that because they have a running game now. And, and Drew they can Brees, run the, ball. the last time the Eagles were in the playoffs, Drew Brees and the Saints came to Philadelphia and beat them. Very yeah, good. Yeah, sure did. Very good. That's right. But this is the thing because though. we brought somebody brought that up last week, and then I quickly God. was I quickly was hit up on social media. You know, the last time the Saints were in the playoffs, they went into Philly and defeated them. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, I, the wolf I, gets the star. It's not. It's not about the cold per se. It's. It's the. To me, it's you have to have a quarterback that can stretch the ball down the field, and and that's been the biggest issue in the NFC to this point. Case Keenum has done it sparingly, but not consistently, um, and they've done a great job of just eking out third downs, getting the third and shorts, getting the first down, and they've been and their defense is playing phenomenal. Um, just having the threat. Philly's defense for the, for the, for some reason though has kind of fallen apart. Like it was a passing game against the Giants, and now it's the rush the rushing game. Like they can't stop the run. Well, because also they were always ahead in these games. The Eagles were always ahead, so like yeah. the defense didn't have to make up for it, hmm. and they weren't on the field a ton either, like they are now. Well, welcome to playoff football. Because I mean, it's the same way with the Rams when they were playing the Titans. They were going back and forth in that game. 
And it was like, this is this is a chance. Okay, so we are one week away from the playoffs starting, and I can sincerely say that, all right, I can make a case on the AFC side. I could see Flacco getting staying yep. hot because since his first quarter in Pittsburgh – after that, I mean, he he stunk it up in the first quarter, and that's why the Steelers jumped on him as as uh, as right. much as they did. From that point forward, five is heating it up a little bit, and I don't like that as a Steelers fan. But Flacco's playing well. Do you think it's his like? Do you think his back is better? Do you think that was the Maybe. issue? Or I mean, I just don't year? think he's that good. Generally speaking, it's been a decade, but he we've obviously. But what seen... is it about him that he's able to just like all of a sudden when it I don't matters? Know what that's about, Maurice? How does a weird. guy? I, that is a weird thing. Is no, that well, explicable from no, so a what player point POV? No, well, no. What happens is offensive coordinators try to put in all these new plays. We're gonna put the perfect play. Play, and they try to get you in the perfect situation instead of letting the quarterback just say, look, we're going to do simple things, let you play fast, and go. When he plays fast, he's fine. Remember, when they won the Super Bowl, he had Anquan Bolden, he threw it to, and he had Ray Rice, who he yeah. threw it to. That was it. They had a kickoff return uh, from Jacoby uh, Jones. Jacoby Jones, and, and and that's how they won. They like Literally, defense played well, special teams kicked in when it needed to, and he didn't turn the ball over. Very simple. Now, guess what? Defense is playing well. Special teams is kicking in a little bit, and he doesn't turn the ball over. I'd like – I, but for the record, my point is I feel like I can make a case for the Chargers, and I can see yeah. the Jags being very disruptive to the point of maybe even really having a legitimate shot at getting to the Super Bowl. I think people are reining those expectations in after what they saw up in the Bay. Everybody However, stumbles. Right. That's fine. I, But I still feel like – I mean, listen, I if it were me writing the script – I like all these storylines going, but ultimately, let's just get to the Steelers and Patriots again. Let's just not, do that, that again. That's the happen. best. It may I know, not but work. let's. That's what I. I don't say that as a Steelers fan. I say that you I know, think you, that objectively, hey, I think that's what we want. You know I what happens, so. but we want you know the Steelers. You know what's, you know what's going to happen, right? What? What? The Jags are going to have to play, face the Steelers again. I know. In the playoffs. No, worse. Worse. I'm worried about the Ravens coming into Pittsburgh for the divisional round. That's the one I don't want. But that, how is that going to happen? I. I don't know how it's going to happen. I just hope it They're doesn't be the happen. the five seed. I know. I just don't want it to happen. That's right. my greatest fear. I don't fear the – I don't fear – Listen, I want the Steelers to not have to play a divisional round game because I'm afraid they're going to get upset in Hines and, and be deprived of this game. But you know what? A lot of people we work with, Maurice, on your Players Only show on Friday were saying, at least two of you guys out there were saying that uh, that the Patriots are going to lose. They're not going to no. even get to the title game. I, really? It depends on who they play. It um, depends. Because remember, if they play, if they mess around and they play Baltimore, you have to remember the two the two low seeds are. They have be, to play the Jags. I wouldn't want to play the. Well, that can't happen because they'll be the three. But yeah. if they, you know what, you have to play. You have to play the Chiefs. Chiefs. I I know everybody. I know the Chiefs aren't as good since their five and zero run, and and they've turned it around a little bit and started winning games. But they're still really not playing on the level that they were playing in the fir, in the first sure. month of the season. However, recent history says. If you beat the Patriots in the regular season and then face them again in the postseason, believe it or not, that team is the one that wins the game, not Belichick, the master. Oh, really? oh I got the film on them. Now I'll figure them out. No, au contraire. The opposite is the case. Four times this decade, teams that beat them in the regular yeah. season beat them in the postseason. Wow. So that's that's the Chiefs. This, There's something you have to, the Chiefs. And Kareem have... Hunt can bang. I mean, more practically. They can't stop the run. That's no, but they're not stopping anybody from running. The Ravens. The Ravens. The Ravens going to Fox, bro. That's not a gimme. They've won up there before. That's always a really good game. And then too. you don't you don't have to let let it be the Chargers that sneak in, right? 
and let's say the Chargers, who have played well against the Jaguars, and then remember, had the game won up there in New England uh, till late in the game, I want to say it was like they could have won yeah, the game. It's certainly the case. Right. You could I just feel like if it's if it's char- can jar- Chargers Jags. If that happens, yeah. can that happen? It would just yeah. be a pick fest. I feel like. I feel like Philip Rivers la- the last time would they played, go into like last, the old Philip Rivers had him last beat. year. They would beat yeah. Him this time. yeah, and I think they get him this time if that's the game you get there. And then that yeah. means never that the Chargers are going up to Fox. For I love this time and of And the Steelers year. are getting the Ravens if they beat the Chiefs. And I don't want either the Chiefs or the Ravens. I just want to be kissed into the title game. See, it's not gonna happen. That's the fans. That's the fans. Watch, watch, watch it be like. Uh, watch it be like the Ravens at the Chiefs for the AFC title. It could. That kind of thing could happen. The but Ravens the one that's even the, wonkier. Can't be the Ravens at the Chiefs for the AFC title. They're gonna sure play. It could each other. be. Oh. All right, I'm getting confused. Whatever. My question is, it seems <laughs> as though the Patriots and Steelers are the two best, but see, we can just make we made a pretty clean case that things can uh, derail yep. that. But the NFC, who's the best team in the NFC? The That's, Saints? No, so we I talked about this the Rams with a couple teams. It just depends if they're, they're matchup based, right? So similar how the Chiefs always lose to the Steelers, right? And then the Steelers have always lost to the Patriots and all, so on and so forth. The, it's the same way here. Like the Saints are good if they play like the Panthers or if mm-hmm. they play this team. But then if the, you don't know how they're going to play against the Rams. The Rams beat them pretty handily in L.A. That's right? true. But then Minnesota's good. But then we haven't like Minnesota stumbled against the Panthers. So if they play the Panthers, guess what? Probably going to be another L for them. Well, and outside of the NFC South QBs, and we'll see if uh, Matty Ice and company even get in there, and we're putting uh, a lot of stock in Matty Ice, who's been mediocre. Uh, Russell yep. Wilson, and then I was pointing, I thought that was a, a Yeah, they can still sneak in, but right. But that's the point is how th- there is no – there is no reasonable case to be made for any. I, I can say, well, Drew Brees has been there. He's won a Super Bowl. And if you buy that you need a good quarterback, and if you disagree with that, you're not paying attention because in the 21st century, Flacco and Dilfer and right. Brad Johnson are the outliers. They are not the. They are not evidence that. Well, you, know, you can win. Yeah, you can sneak through, but almost always a well, good quarterback and, and is the guy no, who holds the Peyton Lombardi Manning, at the end. Let's, let's remember, put That's Peyton right. in there too because Peyton. Great point. You need a Fair great point. defense if you don't have a great quarterback. And you have great defenses with the Panthers, the Saints, the Vikings, definitely. I mean, the yep. Rams, those those teams, even the Eagles have a great defense. The, the Rams are the only team right now with a defensive player of the year and a uh, MVP candidate. Think about that. Ooh. Wow. And the quarterback Todd who played Gurley. very well. I loved Todd Gurley's tweet. The Rams it was like, go to Merry the Christmas, Super Bowl? fantasy owners. Now leave us alone. Now, Maurice, <laughs> say it here and now, and then we're going to go to Keith Cosro. Yeah. Are the Rams going to the Super Bowl? Yeah, I guess yes, yes. I don't want to get through. I don't want to. No, I know. I don't want to jinx it. That's why. All that's of a sudden, you start thinking about. Well, like, no, because I think they, they, I think they yes. can make it. But I don't want to jinx them and be like, yeah, you know, like they got a lot of work to do. They got some things they have to fix. You sit here week after week and teams with uh, Sam Ficken. Hey, yo, yeah. Well, that's that's the that was the that was the scariest part. Yo, their 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 MVP of the t- team was Greg Zerline because once you crossed the fifty, it was, the pretty, it was pretty much good. This guy blows his back out, and all of a Crazy. sudden you got a new kid in, and you know he stumbles. Which early on we knew he was going to have some issues because it was his first game. He was he was used to sitting there like being a financial guy, but now he's coming into play. Hopefully he, he can get things going. One day we have to get to the bottom of this kicker business. The guys who are good in college. Aguayo, the kid in with the Chargers this year. He wasn't uh, good at Young Way, Young Way, cool. He was he was a it? YouTube guy. Oh, is that right? Yeah, he was a YouTube. He was like a trick kicker. 
So he, he oh. tricked the Chargers into drafting him. Hey, that's great. But Good the guys, Blair Walsh, <laughs> the guys who are great in college, there is a pair. I mean, of all the positions in sports, not just in football, but of all the positions, success in college apparently has no uh, leads to nothing in the NFL. And in the meantime, the best kicker in the NFL or a, or a uh, Pro Bowl representative who hasn't missed anything and talk about knock on wood and not jinxing, but Chris Boswell. Went, right. Chris Boswell, they pick up. Oh, wow. Your guy. Got uh, over the Patriots guy? Over Gurkowski? He did. Oh, over. Forget Goskowski. He got in over Justin Tucker, and the Ravens are wow. very angry about it. How but about the Chiefs rookie kicker, too? Butker. I, 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 How did he do you, it? You, Butker. I, 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 well, think, Butker. I, I like that guy. Who I are think, these guys that they just find them on I, the street? I, I like, think and then the they, kicker they, they, has <laughs> to be the weirdest dude on the planet. Because it's like Tucker like sings like opera and all type of crazy. He like, does? Yeah, like and he makes a- horrible, horrible dad jokes at the podium after a game. Yeah, yeah, Aww. it's weird. I don't the the math that's on that why is they very have to strange. Be good. You have to be either a, a really bad introvert, or you have to be just like off your rocker. All right, let's get to it now. Uh, before the wolf arrived, we kibitzed uh, with from Philadelphia or the Philadelphia area over uh-huh. there in NFL Films. We with uh, one of our favorite so guys, weird. Keith Cosro. Let's get to it. All right, Maurice, let's get to it. Our main man out there at NFL Films. You know, I've never been there, by the way. You know what? A couple times. Have you? Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe somebody invited you. I've never received an invitation. You know, that's how, that's how I started this whole this whole broadcasting gig was broadcast boot camp at NFL Films. Ooh, maybe he has a review for you. Here he is, everybody. One of the main men over there at NFL Films, and that's a lofty position to hold in pro football or what? The in career man? in general. I mean, what what can you do any better he than being? He doesn't have any gray in his beard. How is he the main man? Man. I, I, you know what? Let's oh, ask yeah. him right now. Here he is. He is the uh, the host now of the brand new NFL Films podcast available at NFL.com slash podcast and or iTunes. He makes all those wonderful shows about, uh, you know, uh, you know, hard knocks and wow. uh, and uh, all or nothing, this, that and the other. And most importantly, Pittsburgh native Keith Cosro. What's the poop, fella? Great to be with you again, Dave. Let me tell you and something. Hello, uh, Maurice. We've never met, but it's a, it's a pleasure to be on the show with you guys. Same again. here. Same here. Now, first of all, Cosro, uh, like I say, is a uh, is a Pittsburgh native, and as a result, of course, he's a Steelers fan. And I remind anyone within the sound of my voice: no Pittsburgh, no football. I mean, that's what it all is about. We we produce all the Hall of Fame QBs. Now we have we produced a producer who produces all the shows that you like to watch about pro football. Okay. Well, before, but hold on. Before we no. went on air, we had to talk about the the Steelers beating <laughs> the Texans, and, and the people need to hear this because. You guys are really happy that yes. you see Taylor Henneke and TJ Yates. Ecstatic. The Jags put up Ecstatic. 45 on them. We're so th- we lost to Mike Lennon this year. But he's a, he was a starting quarterback in the league. He was a back. Like, in, these guys had what, never played football when, before. When is he a starting quarterback in the league? For like three weeks, he was a starting quarterback. Yeah, yeah that's right. And and by the way, Tampa. the list goes on and on. The Tomlin kryptonite. And we've talked about it ad nauseum here. Bad teams on the road. That's what makes me for the first time in the 2017 season feel like, you know what? The Steelers, this particular bunch might be a little bit different because they went down there. They took all suspense out of it. That game was over with uh, five minutes left in the first quarter. Because that team is playing with nothing but backups. You guys beat, you guys lost to Chicago early in the year. So that's the kind of game that they would lose in the past. Right, Cosro? The Steelers have found ways this entire season and for the past decade to turn those into compelling 
ugly, horrible football games that end in the last minute. Cosro, demise. Cosro, I want to talk about uh, the great new, the latest uh, great new uh, little doc coming up on the Ice Bowl airing NFL Network on Friday night. Make sure you check this one out. And it's important stuff because as we head into the 2017 dance in January, there might be some frigid conditions for pro football teams to do. But before we get to that, let's put a wrap on the regular season here. If you want to make a documentary about Dave Damashek, you're more than welcome to, Cosro. I think I deserve it because if the Steelers beat the Browns on Sunday, it will be the sixth straight season that I correctly predicted what their final record was going to be. I said 13-3. and three, Everybody laughed. No one's laughing anymore, Cosro. I, would, I, I saw that. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed, I think. But I'd like to call back to my last appearance on DDFP when before the start of the season, you and I discussed the question of whether the Steelers wake up in the morning all year long in 2017, thinking about the dragon in Gillette stadium. Mm -hmm. And I think that as the season has, has played out, Tomlin showed his hand with Tony Dungy, in the, in the notorious Sunday night interview that, yes, in fact, the Steelers knew where hmm. the season was headed the whole time and were focused on the Patriots and were able to walk and chew gum at the same time. There's no doubt and, that they're obsessed by the Patriots, and rightly so, but I do think, speak of the dragon, they essentially vanquished that dragon. Don't you now in that locker room? I don't know if you vanquished But don't you feel, Maurice, as a player, like, legitimately, don't you feel after that game in Heinz uh, a couple of Sundays ago, if you're on the Steelers, don't you feel like, well, obviously we know now we can play with this team. It's not like, well, we if we show up, Tom Brady's going to do it again to us. Now they feel like, oh, we have a real shot to take I this mean, team down. I mean, the guy's 40 years old. He's still playing. You should be able to play with him. <laughs> Right, you can dismiss that. He's the best, man, the best QB of all time, ain't he? I, I don't. I mean, he the, the most championships. If you walk off that field losing the way the Steelers lost that day, and I would be screaming at season, Ben. Well, you might be screaming at Ben, but you feel as if, okay, we can we can take these guys. I, I if think we see him again, we're going to take this. I think guys. my biggest issue with the, the whole Pittsburgh Steelers game is that we, we fail to realize that if it was – and I saw a, a footage where Tomlin was like, no, just run a play, just run a play. Like, I get it where he's coming from because he, he he's like, look, we're not going to play extra time with these guys. We want to end the game now. But if that was the case, like, they, they should have had a play ready. They should have had a play prepared. You know, and then the, no so my, there was a lack of communication. Completely there, agree. Right? But no at doubt. the end of the day – I've only played football my whole life. I know, and I've never played a quarterback before. I've thrown a couple passes, but never played quarterback before. How'd those go? Uh, one went for a touchdown. 50-50. Yeah, 50-50. <laughs> I got a better quarterback rating than uh, Brady Quinn and a bunch of other cats that got drafted in the first round. Anyways, um, <laughs> you don't – you when you do a fake spike, you never run an in route. Everything has to go out. And we saw Big Ben signal to the guy to run a slant or whatever his signal was, and Eli Rogers ran it. So – in that situation, I'm, like, just baffled. Like, at least run an out or a fade in that situation. All right, fine. If the point are. is they had that game won. Jesse James and I both agree that he had his right hand under the ball the entire yeah, time. He can't move once it hits the ground. Time. doesn't matter what happens. No, the referees 
and uh, and uh, the in New York City, they fixated on did the ball move, and they forgot to look. Was his hand ever under the ball? Was his hand under the ball the whole time? It was. Don't you give me any sound effects. That I don't was know. A- I don't know. I'm just all over the place. I, you know, I, I, I really, uh, I think Pittsburgh has all the, 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 they have the recipe to beat New England. Um, 26, I, that's the recipe. No, 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 no. I, I think just Juju with his big running catch and his big playability. I think Mark Tavis gives you, you problems if he gets going. Uh, obviously, A.B. gives you a lot of problems as well. But well, the, don't if Martavis because he's now officially got it going. Yeah, well, the, well no, yes. but the, the key is, is McDonald. The tight end has to be the one. Because they're you. always there. Well, people feel really, New England's biggest issue ever since they lost O.J. Uh, Mayo. Oh, was it O.J.? Not O.J. Mayo, was it? Was it O.J. Mayo? O.J. Mayo. Gerard. Gerard. Gerard Mayo? Oh, yeah. Earlier this season. Linebacker, yeah. It was, was a couple the, years ago. He well, they lost Hightower. No, he they was, lost Hightower. Well, they no, lost. But Hightower can't cover. He was a rusher. No, Gerard Mayo was a guy out of Tennessee, but he was the oh. guy that could cover those tight ends. And they've right. always been trying to replace him. And the team well, they you, traded. They traded Chandler Jones and Jamie Collins, who were their two Jamie best Collins was a, in that front seven. Well, think about and this: they, the 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 Kansas City Chiefs, who beat them handily, how they beat them, tight end and running back. The, yep, guy, the guys yeah. that can't cover are your linebackers, right? Well, uh, when they lost, I want to say who else did they lose to? They lost to Miami, who beat them, running backs. And the tight end. I mean, should have so, lo- should have lost to the Texans. Should have lost to the, the Texans. John Watson running around, Lamar Miller, tight all end, that right. Running backs and tight ends. So that's their that's their well, kryptonite, and no one wants to. The, the, the eye opening thing watching the Patriots these last few weeks has been th- that their front seven lacks any yeah no playmaking casual. ability at all. Absolutely all right. right. You, I mean, that Cosro is 100% right on that. All right, let's talk about the NFC side. Well, first of all, quickly, I want you to uh, to tell us all about uh, how the podcast is going. Sounds uh, good. I, I'm a listener. I enjoy it. I love my history blended with a little bit of, uh, you know, present-day stuff. That's exactly what you're doing. We ask ourselves, who is the audience for the NFL Films podcast? And I, and I, I really have no idea. But we're doing our best to build one. Um, it, if you like football, if you like movies, if you like football movies. Um, I like those this things. Is, this is the podcast for you. I, I think, um, I, you know, we're just we're trying to do something that, that doesn't sound or feel quite like anything else. We couldn't possibly try to, to do what you're doing here, Dave. Um, I don't but, know what that's supposed to You know, to, to have a little fun and, and, <laughs> and give people a little bit of a glimpse of how we make the documentaries that, we, that we're uh, so privileged to make. And, and, and each one we've been able to interview um, the subjects of the documentaries and get their reaction to watching a film about their life, which is really an interesting uh, thing to be able to do, to ask Emmett Smith, what do you think of your football life? Sure. I think, that's, um, I think that's fascinating stuff. And by the way, if you had done it in 1978, uh, the audience might be marginal. But I think in the, I think in the 21st century, consumers are, uh, you know, television, you know, media consumers are much savvier and much more intrigued by things like ratings and uh, all that. How, that, how, right, how do you right. make that kind of thing? Because people now, like, DIY movies themselves now, so people are now more fascinated by how the uh, the best in the business are getting it done. There's no question that, well, the world of podcasting is so specific and niche-oriented anyway that you might as well just go talk about what you know, the, 
whatever tiny sliver of the universe you can claim to be expert at and, and go as deep as you can about it because there are, that's what people are going to be interested in hearing you talk about. So, you know, that, that's our premise here. And, um, you know, unfortunately, we have access to some, to some great um, and interesting people. And, and talking about the process of making these movies and talking about football with Greg Cosell, uh, the noted NFL films guru, Greg sure. Cosell, yeah. in each one is, is a blast. And I don't know. We're going to figure it out as we go. In January, we're going to spend a lot more time with Cosell uh, talking playoffs. Cosell, who's now on ta- on-air talent on the uh, NFL matchup show on ESPN. Love that so addition. So we'll get into too. a little bit more football Whoa, heavy stuff. Whoa, you, 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 uh, you dabble with the enemy, huh? We have no enemies here, Maurice. We <laughs> are uh, – The NFL? We are we, – we are network agnostic. Of course, our, our favored, uh, you know, NFL network, NFL media is. No, we're on the I same disagree team. with that, Cosro. Philosophically, you know what? I, I reference the audience. You know what the pro football audience wants? Rivalries. They don't yes. want to hear that everybody yes. gets along. Oh, yeah. No, you know what? The don't one, be one over one. here taking your shirt off after signing it. Don't, be, it. No, don't do none of that. Don't no. listen. I don't want to. Don't get into circles and pray to the same. Do that. Underneath the stadium, don't do that in front but of. But this is the this is the inside baseball promise of the NFL Films podcast. What nobody realizes is this: NFL Network is a network, right? NFL Films, three thousand miles away in Mount Laurel, New Jersey, is a production company. We are actually two separate entities with two different purposes. But you, but you have the, means the shield there. And, a, a, but a production company's purpose is to produce content for whomever asks us to produce it. And so we make content But not the Ravens. Everybody. If the Ravens come, you're a Steeler. Yeah. If the Ravens come, do you say, no, sorry, we can't cover you we guys? Do, you know, who was the subject of the very first Hard Knocks, Dave? <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I'm, looking, I'm looking at you and I see NFL The Shield. And anytime I see The Shield, I think of NFL Network. And then you just tell me that you go and you have dinner and you and you break bread with the enemy at ESPN. What is this world? Do you come think to that? Do you think that Hard Knocks on HBO is the enemy? Do you think that All or Nothing on Amazon is the enemy? Well, Hard Knocks. No one outside get... this podcast studio believes in us, Maurice. No, that's what us. I feel. It's just us. It's just us out here. <laughs> Cosro, the Ice Bowl, one of the most fascinating games to go back and uh, and take a look at a deep dive. Who are you catching up with on that? All right, this is, um, first of all, this is the fourth episode of The Timeline mm-hmm. this, this season. If you're not familiar with it, The Timeline is our documentary series that is non-biographies. It's, uh, it's about games, seasons, This is what topics. I, for the, for the record, because Cosro, you need to know this, this is the area that fascinates me more than the, than the bios. I love the bios, but I, for me, those... Those slivers of time. That's what I love uh, the deep dives on. I'm, I'm right with you. My fa- Before we did the timeline, we used to do essentially episodes of the timeline on A Football Life because we only had the one documentary series. Yeah. So we did Cleveland 95. I remember that. And we did Houston 93. And we did the Immaculate Reception. We did one on the Forward Pass. Those were all Football well, Life episodes. Real quick, can I ask you a that question? That if they were made now, they would be episodes of the timeline. I love those films. I loved being having a hand in making them, and then we we basically spun it off into a new series, and now we have two other guys, Ken Rogers, 
um, who, who runs Hard Knocks and who does our 30 for 30s and Paul Camerata. They're the showrunners of the timeline. And so we're doing five of those a year now. And this one on the Ice Bowl, I think, uh, is, is one of the very best episodes of the series because it, it uses Michael Meredith, the son of Dandy Don Meredith, hmm. the quarterback of the Cowboys in that legendary game, as our entry point as the narrator, and it's really, he goes on a quest to find out what, uh, what that game still means to everybody who played in it and why it meant so much to his father who passed away a few years ago. Okay, I got two questions. One, yeah. the immaculate reception, was it, was it a catch? We all know it wasn't. It was oh, no, stop it! Wasn't. it. Don't stop it's it. Film this show that hits the ground. You talk about the Jesse James. You're going to sit here. You're going to sit here and say that the Jesse James catch wasn't a catch, but that the immaculate reception wasn't a catch. Yes. See, there's yes. passion. Now and you then, say he tries to be objective. Now you know the bear. You're right. But I'm. But the, so we already know that those are two things that the league got wrong. You say, J- <laughs> you say it was, that was that was. You have wrong. no evidence. Of and the then, you're right. Then, the league got the Jesse James. And play then it wrong. got the. It, well, the finally, it got, bit you back. How does that make you feel? It wasn't in the the biggest. The issue isn't here. that the ball it's even hit back. the ground. The ball is whether or not it hit Frenchie Fuqua. That's the. It hit the, the ground. Yeah, we're gonna send you a nice and link, Maurice. I'm gonna send you a link of the immaculate reception football life, which is as exhaustive. I saw a look it. I saw at it. That play. I saw it. Is, it. it is clear by the end of that film. I, I, I what promise happened. you, the Pittsburgh Steelers must have put money in the one camera guy's pocket because he. Doesn't oh, go that's ridiculous! So you don't see it. You just see. You just see like uh, Franklin Harris's wrist. You don't even see his hands, and he takes off. But then, no, John Madden and Al Davis were both paranoid where the Steelers were concerned, so they've perpetuated this rubbish, and now everybody oh buys into goodness. it. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's nonsensical. My well, second question is ridiculous. When? When is it? too cold to play a football game that's the question because that was negative 13 Never. first of all i'm i'm from california right there's no way on god's green earth that i'd be playing that game. That <laughs> yeah. the they, they call it's me for the championship it sorry matter. coach it's co- it's real cold, yeah it's though. that's that's people get hurt you you first of all you can get hurt really bad in that i mean you talk about hypothermia you talk about all those things frostbite i mean I remember uh, the when the the Seahawks played the Vikings and the and that when the kid the kicker yep. shanked it and they were talking about they had frostbite on their arms for days and couldn't for their pinkies and their in, in in their hands their fingers for a couple of weeks like that's not good. At least you had thermal was, gear in the 21st century. These are the guys in the 60s. They had the I don't know the how they got Parker jackets. Anymore. There was legitimate and and you see in the film in the ice ball film and and the producers of the film uh, Dave Plout and Julia Harmon did a great job along with Michael Meredith, that, that there was real hypothermia, real after effects and consequences. There's a story that Michael told us that didn't make the film that Jethro Pugh allegedly started hallucinating and <laughs> talking to his mother. That doesn't make An the apparition of his mother late in the game on the field. This <laughs> is too cold. Wait a second, That's what? Not funny. Like that's, that, that yeah. makes, to which our serious. response was, how did, that ma- how did that not make the film? But apparently, could, it, but they never, he didn't say it on camera, apparently. <laughs> that could get sideways if you start to try to depict what Jethro was seeing and everything. But yeah. that game, that game, the important thing is, I don't, pound for pound, because we, we think of it as the ice ball and we go, we get sidetracked by how cold it was. Right. That is one of the greatest football games ever played. Conditions 
uh, regardless. Well, also the, the, the impact it has on uh, on how uh, we consider pro football teams if the Cowboys survive that game and then they go and take care of business against the Raiders. By the way, side note, isn't it weird that the Raiders and Cowboys never played in the Super Bowl for how good they have respectively been over the course of they, uh, they take the Super turns. Bowl era? But still, yeah, it's funny. that. But that would have been your Super Bowl two matchup, would have been Cowboys and Raiders. And, uh, right. and, and you know, the we, you wouldn't – no one – Rightly or wrongly, people would no longer talk about the 60s Packers with the same right. intensity. And instead, the Cowboys would be considered the greatest organization of the Super Bowl I played, era I played, if they go and beat the Raiders. In, I played in Chicago, and I want to say it was like four degrees, maybe with the wind chill of like negative five. And it was so cold outside. Like that you had to tell yourself, like, no, nah, it's hot. Don't worry about it. Like, it's, it's not. And every time that you got hit, it felt like little knives were just cutting your arms. Like it was, like that's why. Like it comes to a point in time. Like, look, all right, I get it. We're getting paid a lot of money, but like you said, you're gonna get, you have long time effects after that if it gets too cold. Let me say this. Let me what? say this, Cosro. Uh, uh, Let me ask you this. I am an advocate of, and I'm a big believer in. The, the notion that this is why you don't want to dome your stadium. So we have the Super Bowl up in Minnesota. I wouldn't, and- I'm not going if, the, if it's not a dome there. I'm not going. All right. But listen, here. but the point is, I, you know, I went to see the, the Ravens at Steelers a couple of weeks ago, and it was cold out. It was really cold on Sunday night. And I feel like that there is a buy-in from the – you are a part of the game. Now, I know the players don't feel that, but the players, the, 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 uh, the gathered crowd there to watch it, now we're a part of this. We're with you guys on the sideline. We're all in these elements what with you. What are you talking you. about? I'm tell uh, that's it. I think that buy-in is important. Why are fans do they feel more passionate on some level in Green Bay, Pittsburgh, New England and otherwise? It's because you sit in the elements and you're able to to maybe it's uh, maybe you know it's diluting the, you know oneself. What the difference is? I understand you get you're getting you get to I, drink alcohol. I get it. Or now, hot cocoa. This is good though. You don't you don't get to ruin be this. bundled up like out like I get it. I I respect it. Like I, t- I we played. Uh, we went to play Pittsburgh in the playoffs. It was cold that day, and we had a, some fans come up from Jacksonville, and it was crazy. We played at Cleveland, and we had some friends come from ninety degrees, or some fans come from ninety-five degree weather in Florida to Cleveland. It was negative. I'm gonna whatever. watch like, this game in the bar in the hotel bar. I'm not going out in that. I bet they said when. The, they were. But there's no like. I just feel like every team up north should have a dome. No, <laughs> that's the uh, wrong. I'm gonna direction. tell you why. I'm gonna tell uh. you why. Because at the end of the day, nothing good can come from playing in the cold. Nothing good. More injuries. But happen. something can. Except the most iconic Some, games in history. Something Some can, of them good are, can happen to people. Go. I want you to watch the last drive of the ice. I ball, want you to go out, which is on, the essence, the essence of our sport. Which respect, like respectfully, I'm five foot. I'm. I'm I'm really, really little. I'm, I'm saying this to you who actually played in the NFL. We're the same size, but I was like 100 pounds. So You could be you, a look, grammatica. You, you played in the NFL. You did it. You went all the way. But when you watch the last drive of the ice ball and what Bart Starr and that offense accomplished after being frozen for three hours in that weather and going out there against the elements, needing to score a touchdown right now, we have to all go on the field, get in a huddle, and figure out how to do this. Right now we have four minutes left to get down the field against the Cowboys defense and win this championship. (laughs) 
and they do it. And, it, and the last play <laughs> Jeff, of the you're game. You're and his mom out there. Hey, the, listen. The last, yeah, well, Jeff, the I'm last cool play that. of the game, they are literally, he is drawing up plays in the dirt and going over to tell Lombardi, I got it. They don't have any timeouts left. And he wants to run a QB sneak that they don't even have in their playbook. All that it sounds good. It is the good. essence of what our sport is. All that sounds what good. Happened I just on, want on you Lambeau, and Shaq. In Lambeau Field that afternoon. And it, that's why 50 years later we still talk about it. And we wouldn't if it was in a dome. I, I, I respect all that. I just want you and Shaq to go out to Lambeau. Or, or, hey, you'll be at the Super Bowl. Will you be at the Super Bowl? Yes. Let's all go out and just play tackle football in, in negative degree weather. You let's think Cosro and, and I didn't see, play backyard let's just football see, in the let's snow? Let's just see how it feels. No, no, it's snow. I'm talking about in negative degree weather. And let's see. I'm going to be out there with you. I'm going to be bundled up. All right. And then I'm just going to be out there Saturday, smacking everybody. Special live broadcast. No question. DFP. We will play football Why not? outside in, in the cold. I need an cold. NFL offense with me because I've said, Cosro, if you put me under center behind a good offensive line. No, you don't get line, no offensive line. You get you get to pick some people around here. All right. And then you guys will be on a team. I'll pick my team. I I don't I'll I just go again, pick whoever. I'll win again. I'll have Colleen out there and we'll be out there smacking people. Colleen Wolf. I you know what? You know what? I, that's the thing and we're going to talk with uh, the Wolf now about that. I want to talk about do you want to be uh, the 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 thing that the Eagles have. All right, they have Nick Foles. That's not good, Mm-mm. but they do have home field advantage. And you do uh, the Saints and Rams. They don't want to go up there and play in zero degrees. Hey, Cosro, can't wait to hear and watch this latest installment of uh, your great work. And uh, obviously, we're uh, you're welcome here on the DDFP in Studio 66. Anytime you find yourself on the, Thanks, on the guys. West Coast, check out the uh, the timeline Ice Bowl uh, premieres. Uh, this Friday night, December 29th, then it'll be on demand and the NFL Films podcast accompaniment uh, featuring the narrator and co-producer of the film, Michael Meredith, uh, will come out uh, alongside it. So uh, check them both out. Thanks for having me on, guys. Also, remember, February Happy 3rd. Happy holidays, Cosgrove. February 3rd in Minnesota. Ice, Ice Bowl 3. You, I Super mean, you're the one who's scared. Off. I'm we're not gonna scared, let it man. I'm happy let's to go. play February that one. February 3rd. Well, let's gonna, go. You're the we'll one who's We'll find an outdoor field, and we'll go get it going. <laughs> just so we can all, pack an extra layer. All the fans, you're welcome. Is the Mets still standing? Because that's where we have to play it. It I doesn't wanna, matter. Wherever, wherever we go, let's yeah, go. That's a good idea. There he goes. All right, Cosro, great stuff. Check out that podcast. All right, the Wolf, answer it now. Do you feel like I'm overstating the import of home field advantage for the Eagles? Again, Todd Gurley's no. a banger. Mark Ingram's a banger. So, man, so you know, uh, you don't want to try to tackle Superman when it's five degrees out. That will hurt the, the guy trying to tackle more than it hurts one. The Eagles need it. The Eagles definitely need – they need a lot right now. So, home field advantage only helps them. They play a lot better at home. But they need to clean up a lot of stuff before. But if they, they if they if they're running into the locker room thirty minutes in and they're down ten points to Cam Newton, that it becomes a disadvantage because the boo birds might come out. I don't know if you heard the Eagles fans; they boo sometimes. That is all I saw I in that it. game was Santa Claus and the old fans. I love that Philadelphia sports fans like to argue now, and for ten years now have perpetuated this argument. That's overstated. We don't really it's boo such that a cliche. much. Sometimes cliches. They do throw batteries. <laughs> Boo, Sometimes cliches now. are cliches because they're true. Whatever. Are you arguing that the Philly fans aren't harsh? Yes, you're wrong. This time they have to. They're not saying boo. They're saying false. <laughs>
Is that uh, what they're saying? Same thing. I don't, I don't know. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> All right. Check. They're That's in a world it. of trouble. You think so? They're in a world of trouble. I, you know what? I think it's the Saints or I think it's the Rams. But the Rams, like, I, I where, Ram, you're listen. gonna put your stock in a in a sophomore. I'm gonna Jared say, Goff's I'm gonna, gonna say, run yeah. the table. I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna tell you all this right now. Case Keenum. Rams go do it? to the Super Bowl. I will not be seeing any of you guys during that week because I won't be working for the NFL Network. That's I will be working for the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, and I'll be partying my my face off. Can I tell you something, Kamish Goodell? I know you're listening. You must make a commissioner's, uh, uh, what's it called, exemption and allow the Rams to wear good uniforms. You oh cannot allow. God. I think they, they, they're waiting. They have to wait to the new stadium, and they're going to go back to the, I old, know. the old ones. I want you to which, hear me. Which old one? Commission the Goodell. white and blue. Oh, I love yeah. those. Don't listen to them, Commission. It's you and me right now. If the Rams make the Where's your single? Ball. You got to go to your single when you, yeah. Yeah. you're going to do it. You know what? That's right. Where is my single? MJD loves to call his, his uh, that's camera. Fine. That's Oh, hey, you don't have a single. Hey, Sorry. TV pro, please. The commission and I are talking. If the Rams make the Super Bowl, that's fine. That's great. But you must let them wear the right uniforms. That's it. That's Do, I it. Wa- Do the you, right thing, Rod. You cannot let them go out there in those get-ups. And by the way, let me think quickly as uh, Bartlett's trying to wrap us up here. We have to go. What was the uniform matchup last year? It was um, the Falcons Patriots. And the foul, so NFC had the choice, so they would get to wear oh. the Ram. Well, the Rams would probably go with the all white because they know that looks better. Yeah. So at least they'd have that. That look. looks better than when they wear. But the, they, they, their helmet has gold in it, though. So it's, it's all. It's, it's not really good. Bad. I just the point is, Commission, please do the right thing and let's make sure the Jags don't get there. Because what if it's the Rams and the Jags? That's it. That it's unwatchable. Oh my, what I can't, would MJD do with those uniforms? I'm definitely not working. I don't want to. I don't. I may. I may not work for the Rams that, that day. I, I don't know if MJD would chilling. survive that Super Bowl. I'm out. If of it's here. the Rams and the Jags, you can't even think of it. Look, he's no, leaving. He's out. He not- <laughs> I know. It's too much. Just the thought of it is too much to bear. What if it becomes a reality? I'm I don't know. Have I'm hang- to we're going to be hanging out with MJD the whole time, though. The Wolf. Thanks so much. <laughs> yes. uh, great. Uh, a great uh, season two you uh, in our last podcast, I guess, before the regular season is a wrap here. Uh, just marvelous work all season long on you Good too. Morning Football. And uh, and uh, what else? You can do it. You can do it. Come on. Game day morning. Yes, you did it. And pick them. And what do I do with MJD? I mean, you you kind of carry the around power the ranking. You, 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 let, I'll say this about do your not work on around try and pull me into some riff. You make it. You make it okay. Is what you do. You make it okay. I kid. I kid everybody. Happy okay. holidays to everybody. Uh, continued uh, good times. And if you re- want to elevate those good times from great to gangbusters, make sure you check out the Shecky Awards. The Subscribe, guys. See? That's nice. All right. Yeah. Maurice is gone. He's off there now. He already left, yeah. He's running laps until the Super Bowl out of fear <laughs> that he's going to have to choose between the Rams and Jaguars. All right. Thanks to Keith Cosro. Make sure you go check out the NFL Films podcast as well. Until the Shecky Awards. It's been a thin slice of heaven. It's the pig, pig skinniest season of all. Belichick is still frowning and Cleveland still browning. We root for Steelers. It's the pig, pig skinniest time of the
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.